Grassland Centre. Give it up for Jesus in this place. If he picked you up, if he turned you around, if he didn't do any of those things, that's all good. But if he picked you up and turned her, turned you around, give God a praise and a shout. Make some noise in this house. Woo! Look at the person next to you. Tell him, welcome to church. Now tell them like you mean it. Say, welcome to church. Hey, you know, I want to, I want to, um, talk to you about um, this idea. Everybody shout great. Everybody shout it again. Say greatness. Now I'm, I'm sharing this because, um, you know, as I sought out the presence of God this new year, happy new year, everybody, by the way, we got a new year, same faces. Come on, somebody. I said, happy new year. Um, and I was really meditating on what the Lord wanted to say to our church community. Now I don't take that for granted in any way i believe that you know it's not that god is trying to do something new god has already done what he is going to do but oftentimes in the new year it's an opportunity for us to reflect and plug in to what he's already doing and sometimes god is moving and you know the bible says that he's doing a new thing but can we perceive it sometimes god has already done the new thing the idea is can we perceive it and here's what i believe that he wants us to see for 2023 when I asked him what is it that he wants to share and speak to our church community, I really felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say, greatness. That was a good time to say amen right there. I mean, just, I'm just working out, making sure everybody's alive. I know you guys are having a good time. Just notify your face. And um, I really believe that he said, greatness. Everybody shout greatness. And, and what I mean is it's not, it's, it's not going to be like this motivational speech and just to kind of like get us all excited and say, yes, you're working. No, that's not. I, I genuinely believe that what God is saying for Christ Uncensored in 2023 is that, hey, get ready to experience a year of greatness. There's some things that God's going to do in our church that we've been praying for, that we've been fasting for, that we've been seeking God's presence for. And he's going to be uh, unpacking it in this new year someone shout greatness and here's what I believe I don't believe that it's I, I, I'm, I'm telling you from my heart of hearts I don't believe that this is something just for the church corporately the image that God showed me was that there are individuals in this place I'm telling you by the end of 2023 you're not going to look like the beginning of 2023 by the end of this year there's some there's some people in this place that there's going to be financial breakthrough happening that you're going to step in some financial bracket that you've never touched before and it's not again it's not because a new year change or a new number change on the year it's because something has unlocked in your heart and in your mind there's some people you're, you're going to be the best best husband you've ever been. You're going to be the best wife you've ever been. You're going to be the best parent you've ever been. There's some people here that you just started in your calling and you're going to walk in your calling at another level in 2020 year. Someone shout greatness in this place. And I want to bring us to this passage of scripture, Mark chapter nine, verse 33, Mark chapter nine, verse 33. And if you have a Bible, you can open up there, Mark chapter 9, verse 33. If you don't, we have the scriptures right here in to my right and to my left. And I want to begin reading from verse 33. And it's just two verses, two to three verses that I want to share with us. And it says, And so they arrived at Capernaum when they were settled in the house where they were to stay. 
he asked them, what were you discussing out on the road? Now watch verse 34. But they were ashamed to answer. Why? For they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. Can you imagine that? That you're walking with Jesus. Huh? You walking with Jesus. Talking about, yeah, who the greatest? That's like me walking with Michael Jordan talking about, yeah, who's the best ball player in the game? Look what Jesus says. This is, but they were ashamed to answer because they were arguing about which of them was the greatest. Verse 35, he sat down and called them around him and said, I love this because it's almost like he's doing it like, hey, hey. <laughs> almost like Jesus. By the way, like, like your stuff doesn't shock Jesus. I want to tell that to somebody today. Like, don't think that the things that, the things that you're contemplating, the things that you struggle with shock Jesus. God's not like, how dare you speak of greatness, this egotistic. Like, no, he's like, hey, come here. Let me talk to you. Hey, let, me, let me talk to you about that real quick. Look what he says, verse 35. He says, he sat them down and called them around him and said, anyone wanting to be the greatest must be the least. The servant of them all. Hey, hey, you want to be great? That's good. Now notice quickly that Jesus does not reprimand them for desiring to be great. Jesus does not condemn them. He does not correct them for wanting to be great. It's right there in the scripture. He doesn't say, hey, you shouldn't have this desire to want to be great. He doesn't say, you, how dare you, you know, possess this unholy desire. To want to be the great. No, he doesn't. He just redefines and opens up the eyes of their heart to what true greatness is. That's what he does. He opens up their eyes to define for them what true greatness is. And here's what I want to promise you today. That for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about greatness. That God has made you for more. Here's what I want to promise you. If you allow Jesus to define greatness for you, you're going to live the most satisfying, fulfilled, victorious life you can ever live on planet Earth. Promise you that. Would you help me pray for the next few moments? Let's pray. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Woo! Jesus, speak. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says... Amen and amen. Give the Lord a strong clap offering of praise. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, I, I might divide the room real quick, but I was, um, I'm, I'm going to divide the room. I'm just going to be honest. I, I turned 40 years old last year. Come on, I know what you're thinking. I don't look it. Praise God. But I'm going to divide the room and I'm realizing that, you know, I might be getting old. But um, there, there, there was a time that there was no such thing as Netflix. There was no such thing as wanting to watch the program that you wanted to watch when you wanted to watch it. That didn't exist. What existed is you watched the program that was there and you looked forward to the programs that you wanted to watch at the time that they would play them. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All the Gen Zers was like, what? You guys survived through that? Yes, we said, like there was no Hulu, there was no YouTube, there was none of that. That what there was was TV programming, and if you didn't have cable, you had a hanger as an antenna on the back of your on the back of your TV, hoping that you had good enough reception. 
to watch TV. And so for us as children, what we look forward to, here, here, here it goes, we look forward to Saturday morning cartoons. Anybody remember that? Saturday morning cartoons, like I love me some, like you couldn't make it to school on time because you woke up late, but when it came to Saturday morning cartoons, you were up at 7 a.m. all the way up to 12 noon watching yourself some Saturday morning cartoons. Anybody know what I'm talking about in this place? And so I love, I mean, I I love the shows. Come on, like you guys remember He-Man? He-Man? Yo, who didn't want to be He-Man? Like, my man was underwears and boots, no shirts, no pants. Talking about, I got the power. Like, he, like, remember Thundercats? Thunder, 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 Thundercats? And if you were wholesome, you were watching yourself, not Captain America, Captain Planet. Captain Planet. He's our hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. Gonna... When your powers combine, I am. Come on, we got some people that know Saturday morning cartoons. And, and we loved it because it was like our superhero time. It was the time that we were able to like, like we, we genuinely enjoyed it. And, and we had our own superheroes. Like you ever wanted to be the superhero like you were the guy? Like my, my brothers, we were raised four brothers, one TV. Come on, somebody. Four brothers, one TV. You know, like, and, and, and we all had our superheroes. Like, my brother loved him some Superman. And he was so committed to Superman that my man would wear his pajamas and his underwears on top of his pajamas because he was Superman. And then my little brother, foe, by the way, it was four brothers, but for the most part of our brotherly life, it was three of us. Sorry, Reuben. He came in a little late, all right? It's like for seven years we were without Reuben. It was just three brothers. And so we were like, so, so we had three of us and, and we had Raul who was Superman and we had my brother Foe. We call him, we call him Foe, but his name is Rodolfo and he was Batman. But here's how we would do. We would fight each other. You know, you ever had that competition? Like we would fight each other. And so, you know, Superman was like, yo, I can run at the speed of lightning. And Batman was like, well, Batman can't really do anything anyway. No, Foe was like, well, I'll get in my Batmobile and I'll chase you. And, you know, to this day, he still thinks he's Batman. But none of those superheroes were good enough for me. Like, I had to invent my own superhero. I had a superhero. Don't laugh at me. Don't judge me. I had a superhero that I invented because Batman was not good enough for me and Superman was not good enough for me. I needed something that can can cover everything, all all angles, right? So I invented a superhero that no one ever heard of. His name was Master Changer. Oh, y'all don't know Master Changer. Y'all don't know Master Changer. Master Changer was the man. All right? I'm not going to even tell you what his costume was because it would be inappropriate in this setting. But I'm just letting you know. Like, I I created, and I really convinced my brothers that there was a superhero named Master Changer because Master Changer was the guy that can capture all the attributes of the all other superheroes so if Raul was like I'm Superman and I'll burn you with my eyesight and I'll be he'll be like, and I'll be like well I'm Superman I could turn into Superman right now because I'm master changer why because I was trying to identify with something that was great something that was superior 
something that was amazing. And I think we see such greatness in people like Superman and people like Batman. And I know you all now see the value of Master Changer that I'm explaining that to you. But we all, I feel like as kids, we all had this desire to identify with something great. It was like there was something great that we wanted to possess. And, and I think the reason is, is because within every single one of us, within all, you can canvas all of humanity. You just can look at all of men in history and all the women in history and what they wanted for, what they were driven by is, is greatness. This is what they they were longing for. They wanted to be something great. Like all through human history, you see men and women who, who wanted to be, make a mark, do something significant, make a change in the world, make a difference in the world. And, and many of us may not admit it, but we all kind of want to be great. And you might be thinking as you hear this message, well, I'm not, you know, egotistical. I don't really want to be great. I could be humble and meek. And, and I'm, I'm not saying like we all have this kind of like desire to be better and be great. And like even even to the point we kind of create our own subjective view of, of greatness and we identify with that. Like the other day I was bragging to somebody about how great my church was. I was not, not the way you think, like in a different way. Because I created my own, you know, subjective view. Like this is what I mean. I was like, I was like, yo, I'm convinced ain't no other members from other churches cook better than the members of my church. I was just like, 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 I'm not bragging like we had the best worship team, we had the best looking pastor, I know, oh, glory to God. But I was saying like, hey, yo, ain't nobody church cook better than the people in my church. Like, ain't nobody making a better pumpkin cream cheese uh, uh, pie than Maylene Miranda. Like, I just, just, like, let me see, come bring your stuff. Like, my, my, my pumpkin, like, way better. Ain't nobody making better Christmas cookies than Mama Friend. I'm just letting you know, my church is better than yours. I'm sorry, online. Like, ain't nobody making a better banana cream pie than Felicia. I'm just sorry. Ain't nobody making no baked cake better than Lulu. Like, it's just not happening. Ain't nobody making, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Eggplant rollatini better than Ma uh, Margie. Ain't nobody making no spinach artichoke dip better than Margie. My church, ain't nobody better making better arroz con gandules than Lisa. My church is better than yours. Yo, why your church better than mine? Because we cook better. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we kind of create this, like, imaginary, subjective, kind of, like, skewed version of greatness. And we do it, like, in our life. We do it in our parenting. Like, yeah, like, I'm great. I'm trying to be great as a parent, and my view of parenting is my version of greatness, and your view of parenting is your view, and then maybe my version of greatness is like, it's not really parenting, it's more like, um, what do you do for a living, and that's my version of greatness, and what I've realized is that there's a lot of confusion and ambiguity when it comes to greatness, yet we're all being driven by it. Yeah, like there's this, and when it comes to greatness, like, it's that elusive intangible, like, we all desire it. We all want it. But we all really don't know what it is. Yet we've created our own definition and our own version of it. And, and we're all kind of like chasing it. And here's my concern. My concern is that we'll buy into a counterfeit version of greatness and not achieve true greatness because we've bought into the lie. Is that not what happened at the garden? 
oh, there were two people that were created in the image of God, yet when they were made the first offer to become like God, they took it. And I wonder if it's because they had a pursuit for greatness. Like, hey, you will be like God. Well, if you didn't have a desire to be great, then you would have let go of that temptation, but you had a desire to be great, and so you bought into the counterfeit. And my concern is that this is the plague that has hit humanity. There's so many people that are chasing after, looking for, aspiring to, wanting to achieve something that has not been defined unless you allow it to be defined by Jesus. And what I want to say to you today is that, that God wants to remind you today of what true greatness is. I think there's so many people, maybe you're here in this place and you have a pursuit for greatness and you don't know what true greatness is. And I just believe that God wants to remind us today what true greatness is, that you weren't created for ordinary. You were created to live a life and a life in abundance, that you weren't created just to see the days pass by. You were created to see every blessing that God gives you in each and every day that pass by. You weren't created to get on the hamster's wheel of achievement and ambition you, and, and chase and chase the bag and chase the bag and chase the bag no according to the bible you were created so that goodness goodness and mercy will chase after you all the days of your come on somebody can we give god a praise in this place that's true true greatness and so what if we allowed jesus to define for us what true greatness is i don't want to give you a motivational speech and have you walk out of here saying well i am great and i feel good no, no, no. I, I want your heart to be transformed because it has aligned itself to what true greatness is. And for the next four weeks, I promise you, you hear this message and allow it to touch your heart. You will walk into and allow God to unlock the greatness that's within you. And so what if we allow Jesus to define greatness? I think that this is what Jesus would say. He would say these three things. You see them in throughout scriptures. There's many things that he identifies as what greatness is. Oftentimes, it's countercultural to what the world says. It's countercultural to humanity's traditions. And this is the first one. The first one is that true greatness. Hear this. Write this down if you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, take notes. True greatness. Listen to me. I don't care what you're pursuing today. True greatness is fellowship with God. Write that down. What do you mean, Pastor Rowe? True greatness is fellowship with God. See, in the Bible, the word that we use, look at a person next to you, tell them fellowship. Fellowship. See, this word fellowship is, the, I use this word fellowship because this word fellowship is found in the original language in the Bible is this word koinonia. I try to say that three times, twice. Koinonia. And what it means is that it's sharing in communion. It's this idea of identifying and partnering in agreement, in unity, and in purpose. And so we're so often trying to look for greatness independent from our communion with God. But what true greatness is, is fellowship with God. Look how Jesus says it in Matthew, I'm sorry, in John chapter 5, after he's performed this epic miracle, it says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Do you see how he saw greatness? 
See, he didn't look at the miracle that he just performed and say, yes, that's greatness. He says, listen, the reason that you consider that great is because I'm just doing what my daddy's doing. And so when my dad does something, I just follow suit. Let me tell you, great, true greatness is defined by our connection and our fellowship and our relationship and our, and our, and our commodity with God. That's what true greatness is. See, Jesus had performed a great miracle and all the eyeballs were on Jesus, but he saw greatness directly connected to God. In other words, what Adam disrupted with his disobedience, Jesus reconciled by walking in everything the father was doing. That's what Jesus did. And so you may have bought into a counterfeit version of greatness but if it's, in, listen to me, if it's independent from your connection to God, it is fickle, it is futile. And I think that God just wants to remind us today what true greatness is. Look what, he, look what is said in Philippians chapter 3 verse 4. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own hearts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I love his bragging. It's like, yo, how many score? You, I scored 100 points in the game. I've been circumcised since I've been eight years old, eight days old. That's his bragging. He says, I'm pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a real Hebrew. If there ever was one, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience of the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. As for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable. I once thought these things were a form of greatness. I once thought these things were what would give me satisfaction. I once thought these things would be significant. But look at what he says. But now I consider them worthless. Why? Because of Christ. Because of Christ. Because of the infinite value, I consider it worthless. Because compared to the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ, all those things I have forsaken, discarding everything, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ, and here it is, and become one with him. I love that because I'm like, this is Paul at the end of his life. And he's saying, what I really want is just fellowship with God. He's like, I done did it all. I done tasted it all. I done achieved it all. And all those things are not valuable to me. None of those things are a sense of greatness. What is greatness? That even after all these years of serving God, even after all these years of, of doing mission trip after mission trip after mission trip, I'm at the end of my journey. And even at the end of my journey, after I've seen the third heaven, after I've experienced God's grace, after I've experienced all that, I've seen the blind be healed. I've seen all this. Here, here's all I want. I don't want those to be a mark of greatness what I genuinely want is just to know him and be one with him and be unified with him and be together with him that's what I see as greatness God says it this way in Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23 he says this is what the Lord says don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches but those who wish to boast should boast in this alone that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love. Hey, you want some bragging rights? 
Don't brag about your wisdom. Don't brag about your intelligence. Don't brag about your accolades. Here's the truth. Are you one with the Father? Are you in communion with Jesus? Are you in fellowship with the Almighty? Are you in koinonia? This is what fasting is about. This is what fasting is about. See, fasting is not about um, trying to kind of like bend God's arm behind him and say, hey, I need you to do something for me. No, it's koinonia. It's fellowship. It's unplugging. See, we're so connected with so many other things. We're connected to our cell phones. Come on, we're connected to relationships. We're connected um, um, to our social gatherings. We're, we're connected to food. We're connected to so many things. We're, we're connected to our job. We're connected to our ambition. We're connected to our goal. We're connected to our future. What I mean is like we're doing so many things in the present just in mind of what we want in the future and we want to get somewhere and we want to achieve something and that's what we're connected with and what fasting is saying is saying hey I need you to disconnect for a moment and reconnect back to the Father. I need you to disconnect for a few. I need you to disconnect from food a little bit. I need you to disconnect from your phone a little bit. I need you to disconnect from social media a little bit. I need you to disconnect from your family a little bit just so that you can set some time apart with me in fellowship you want to know what the key to depression is fellowship with Jesus you know what you want to know what the key to your anger issue is fellowship with Jesus and I'm not talking about like I'm not talking about you're in this fellowship I'm talking about spending time with him this is not guilt tripping anybody this is just like hey there's some power when you're in fellowship when you're this is why this is why for me it's concerning when someone says I could be a Christian and I don't need to go to church because you can't be disconnected from the body and try to be connected. It's, it's fellowship. It's becoming one with him. Let me read this last verse on this. Timothy chapter 6 verse 21. Some people, some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. That they don't know God. This word know is, is, is not talking about knowing about God. It's about oneness. It's about koinonia. It's about being in fellowship with Jesus. And I think Jesus, if he was here today, he would tell us, hey, I think many of us have missed the point. Let me redefine what greatness is for you. It's fellowship with God. Not just knowing about him, but truly knowing him. I was looking at Stephen the other day, and I look at Stephen and I say, man, you were born for this, bro. You were born to serve. And you don't understand, like, we're not doing this out of, like, this, 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 or we have to do it. And this is because, and I look at him, I'm like, man, you're, you were born for this. And I love his response because he looks at me and he goes, Pastor Will, he saved me. I'm seeing a, a person who's learning how to do sound and even taking the money out of his own pocket so that he can be an engineer in this field. And I look at him and say, hey, man, you were born for this. And he says, anywhere I'm needed, because he saved me. Oh, what would it look like if the one who saved us, if we looked at the one who saved us and say, I want to spend time with daddy. I want to be with his, in his presence. Listen, I can't tell you what it, what I, I, can't, I can't tell you how people are like, hey, I don't have enough time to pray. I don't have enough time to read his word. Listen, it will change your life. It's not going to make God love you more. It's not going to make God just let go of blessings so that you can be. No, no, no. But let me tell you, when you begin to put God first, it doesn't make God love you, but it makes you love God more. 
Jesus would tell us today that it's fellowship with God. Here's the second one. I want you to write this down. Following your assignment. I want you to write that down. Following your assignment. It's so interesting to me that Jesus was walking with his disciples and his disciples are arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom. And I can imagine the conversation, how it goes by, right? They're like, they're like um, yo, who's the greatest, man? Is it you? Is it like, like psh, me? Like, psh, you know who I am? I'm the guy that walked on water. Come on, somebody. Yeah, but you fell. You fell. You tripped. You busted your grill. You was crying. Jesus had to come and rescue you. No, yeah, but you know what? I was at the Mount of, Conf- of Transfiguration. Oh, yeah, but that's all good. But, you know, uh, I, I, you know, you know when he, he divided the five loaves and the two fish? Like, I, I fed 100 people more than you did. Ha, ha. Can you imagine what that conversation looked like? And here's what I realized. I initially thought that they were having this conversation with Jesus in the perspective. But I think that they were doing exactly what humanity does. They create exceptions out of other people. So I could see the conversation looking like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, we know Jesus is the best, but among us, who's the best? And oftentimes, here's what happens. Comparison becomes the greatest killer to your greatness. I love when people are like, you know, sometimes the solution that we give to, of comparison is like they'll use this. And I've heard so many preachers say this. And I'm like, this doesn't help me. And, what I'm, and I know it's helpful, but it doesn't help me because people are like, oh, you shouldn't compare. Because when you go on social media, and this is the only answer they have, you compare their highlights where your lowlights. I'm like, no. I've compared my highlights to their highlights. And there's a better Come on, tell the truth and tell, shame the devil. Like, I'm not comparing my lowlights. I'm comparing my highlights, the best I got. And there's this better. And, and here's, where, here's where we have to lean in. That's why you got to follow your assignment. That's why you have to follow your assignment. Your assignment is not their assignment. And their assignment is not your assignment. And so what God called Peter to do, Peter to do, he didn't call John to do. And what he called John to do, he didn't call Peter to do. But he each gave them an assignment. And though their assignments work together, they are distinct and they are different. And you can't compare your life with someone else's. Because what God has assigned you is for you to accomplish. And he's called every single one of us to follow, someone shout follow, follow our assignment. I want to read to you, uh, in this conversation, Jesus tells them, he's like, hey, uh, what are you arguing about? They're like, oh, we can't tell you. He's like, let me, let me just explain something to you. If you want to be great, you got to be the least. By the way, what the world, the world will call the least what God calls great. Okay? And the least in the kingdom, the least thing, the least of significance in the kingdom the world will put you on a pedestal for. But what God calls great, often the world will say, that's the least. That's, psh, that's nothing. And what Jesus says is like, hey, you, you want to be great? You got to be the least. You got to be the servant of all. Watch what happens in the next chapter. Can I read it to you? Matthew, Mark chapter 10. Then James and John, the son of Zebedee, came, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to... You want to do, to do whatever we ask. I love that. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. He's like, what do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit on your right hand and the other at the left hand of your glory. You don't know what you're asking for, he says. 
And look what Jesus, Jesus continues to say. Can you drink the cup and drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We can. They answered. Jesus said to him, you will drink the cup and drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit at my right hand or left hand is not for me to grant. Here's the key right here. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared. Can I tell you something? Quit asking God for what he hasn't prepared for you. Please. I remember, I remember when I, I was single and I was praying for the one that wasn't the one to be the one. Come on, somebody. Anybody pray that prayer? I'm the only one. Lord, we pray for liars right now in the building. I know I was like, Lord, please, Lord, let this, let this, let, let, he's like, I didn't prepare her for you. And sometimes we want to, we want to, hey, hey, God, hey, would you let me sit at the right hand? He's like, that hasn't been prepared for you, yo. And here's where, and here's what happens. We look at other people's lives and we want what they want in our pursuit of greatness. And God says, I didn't prepare that for you. I didn't prepare that for you. I didn't prepare him for you. So quit asking me for the thing I haven't prepared for you. You're asking, you're asking for a girlfriend that I prepared for somebody else. John, I need you to play choir chords right now. No, I'm just joking. And I, In the same token, in the same token, here's what I want to tell you. I don't know who this is for. But what God has prepared for you, can't no man or woman or thing take it away. You need to know that. Listen, God has prepared for you something. And oftentimes what we do is that we ask God for things that he's never prepared for us. And that's why God is saying, no, listen, you need to understand that you need to fulfill your assignment. I'm often like, I'm wondering like, how is it? Why is it? God is saying, be faithful to your assignment. Follow your assignment. Okay, 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 I'm going to follow my assignment. I'm going to follow my assignment. I don't know. I, I look at social media and I'm like, oh my God, look at them. Look at that. I want that. And God is saying, be faithful to your assignment. Follow your assignment. Follow what I've prepared for you. I often wonder, I'm like, why is it that God has given us an online platform where we're reaching over 5 million people all through the world. Every single 30 days, we are reaching over 5 million people. And if you counted all the members of Kuha, if they all showed up at once, we'd be doing 120. I'm like, God, where are the millions that are coming to the church? He's like, they're online right now. Be faithful to your assignment. God, but, you, but, but Lord, how is it that we have 285,000 subscribers on YouTube and 120 members at Kuhau. Be faithful to your assignment. Because what I've prepared for you, I've prepared for you. And in the same way that the online audience grew, because you were faithful to your assignment, you're going to see what I'm going to do in Staten Island, New York, just because you're faithful to your assignment. That's it. Just be faithful to your assignment. Don't compare your highlights with other people's highlights. You see, what happens is, is that that begins to create competition. And here's what happens in the kingdom. In the kingdom, greatness is not defined by competition. 
In fact, the only thing that can enhance your greatness is not you competing with someone else, is you collaborating with someone else. Whew! You need to hear me. In the kingdom of God, you don't enhance your greatness by competing with someone else. You enhance your greatness by collaborating with someone else. And oftentimes in our pursuit of greatness, what we do is that we compete with people we're supposed to learn from. We're competing with people when we should be collaborating. Like, I, this is my, my thought. Like, um, um, like have, you ever, have you ever noticed that Pastor Marquez is a book reader? Anybody love Pastor Marquez in this house? Love Pastor Marquez. Been in relation with Pastor Marquez for almost 20 years. Love Pastor Marquez. And the way you see him, that's how he, like, the dude is a book reader. Like, Pastor Marquez, by the way, we want to pray for them. They, they, might be, they, they might be having a child sooner than we thought. And so by next Sunday, we might have little baby Caleb Roley Marquez coming to church. I threw that name out. I don't know. We might, Pastor Marquez reads a book every three minutes. Like, he goes to the bathroom and be like, yo, I just finished this book, man. It was just. It's like, what? I read a book every th three months. Some of you read books every three years because they made you do it in an assignment that you were a part of. Like, right? Like, but if I compared Pastor Marquez's greatness and measured myself based upon his assignment, I'd look at myself as unworthy and not good enough. But how many know, like, you talk to Pastor Marquez about, Fasting. And he shrivels up and he gives you pucheros. I love you, Pastor Marquette. Right? Like, I, for me, that, for me, this is a discipline that I've been doing since I was a kid. I've been fasting since I was a kid. And so now, if Pastor Marquez measures himself, and this is what happens in the kingdom, we create division when there should be unity. And so, you know what? The book readers go, Psh. You know, you need to get, you need to read your book. You need to, you, you need to get information inside of you. And this is what happens. Division happens. And then the, the you know, the fasters. Who's going to read a man-made book? I need to be in the presence of the Holy One. And you book readers don't get enough Jesus on the inside of you. And what you do, you create competition when there should be collaboration. That's why there's enough in the kingdom for book readers and for fasters. Because that's where greatness lies. This, watch it. This is how, uh, this is how Corinthians says it. Listen to this. It says, for the body does not consider one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less than the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as is, God arranged the members in the body, each and one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts. Yeah, one body. What God is saying is like, hey, if I called you to be a hand, be the best hand you've ever been. 
If I've called you to be a foot, be the best foot you've ever been. If I've called you to be an ear, be the best hearer you've ever been. If I call you to be an eye, then I need you to be an eye. You can't be an eye and be like, that's why for me, there's room in the body for everybody. I'm talking about for the most part, there's so much division between the eye and the ear in the kingdom. And I'm not talking about things that are outside the body, but I'm, I feel like there's enough for everybody. There's enough for the reformers. There's enough for the demon slayers. There's enough for the gracers. There's enough room for everybody. The grace people don't need to be like, well, those demon slayers, you know, they're all, no, and the, and, and, and the, the demon slayers shouldn't be like, oh, those grace guys, they, you know, greasy grace. And no, 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 there's enough room in the kingdom for everybody. I'll prove it to you. The disciples in the same chapter are saying, hey, I heard people talking about your name that are not one of us. He goes, if they're not against us. Paul, they came up to Paul. They'd be like, hey, the people are preaching with selfish ambition. He goes, hey, but the gospel is being spread. There's room in the body for everyone. Now, with that being said, this is why we want to get together February 5th for Vision Sunday because it's when God wants to outline the vision for his body here in Staten Island for what he wants to do. This is no ordinary Vision Sunday. And if I'm, I'm asking you, if I'm pulling my pastor card, you know I pull it a couple of times a year, all right, about four. This is one that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask every person that calls Christ Uncensored their home. If you're watching online, and you're watching this and you haven't been in this church for a while, I'm going to ask you, would you join us for Vision Sunday, February 5th, so that you can hear how God's going to use the body in Staten Island, New York. If that's you, give God a praise. Listen, there's room in the body. Like, nobody's like Mama Friend. Nobody's going to be like Pastor Marquez. That's why I love our collective of preachers because Reuben preaches different from me. I preach different from Reuben. I preach different from Pastor Marquez. Maylene brings something different to the table. Lisa brings something different to the table. But all together, we're making a difference because my assignment is my assignment and their assignment is their assignment. Can you imagine what we were going through through COVID? Jenny, which is one of our directors here, has never... Her and I have never disagreed on anything for the last nine years, except during COVID. Because she was wired a certain way, and I was wired. Yo, honestly, if it was up to your pastor during COVID, ¿sabes qué? We'd be having church with no masks. That's it. Everybody's welcome. Sorry. That's what, that's what it is. I'm rebelling against everybody. But I needed some people that were also part of the body. I said, Pastor Roe, we can't do that. And I'm like, I could either rebuke them, demonize them, vilify them, or take their counsel so that in 2023, we could still be moving forward. Let me give you the last point as the worship, as, as, uh, the worship team comes up, and I'll close with this. Write this down. Faithfully, Jesus would define greatness by faithfully serving others. In chapter 10, when, when John and James come up to Jesus and they're like, hey, we want to sit at your right hand. We want to sit at your left hand. And he's like, hey, that hasn't been prepared for you. The disciples got upset about it. 
They're like, look at these. Look at these guys thinking that they could be at the right and left hand of Jesus. And when the other ten disciples heard about this, they began, they became angry with James and John. So Jesus called them all. He's like, oh, I gotta talk to you again. By the way, Jesus is gonna talk to you as many times as it takes. Because he's not the God of a second chance. He's the God of another chance and another chance and another chance. Jesus called them again together to him and said, You know those who are considered rulers of the heathen have power over them. And the leaders have complete authority. This, however, is not the way it must be among you. If one of you wants to be great, he must be the servant of the rest. And if one of you wants to be first, you must... Be a slave to us all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served. He came. The Son of Man did not come to be served. He came to enthrone himself. No, he came to serve. So much so that he was so faithful to his assignment that he would give his life to redeem so many. What Jesus is saying is like, I didn't come to this world for status I came here for service I think he would tell us today that greatness is not status greatness is service greatness is not about how many people serve you it's about how many people you can serve I want to tell somebody today that greatness is not about how much wealth you possess it's about how generous you are with your possessions that greatness is not about how better you can be more than people. Greatness is about how you can make other people better. That greatness is not about how far you can run, but how quickly are you running to help others? That's what greatness is. It's faithfully serving people. Why? Because it's going to get discouraging serving people faithfully serving people you know what jesus did you guys know the the verse john chapter 13 verse 35 love is our logo love is our logo is defined in john 13 35 so please don't ever let anyone take love is our logo out of context love is our logo is ju just that it's defined in john chapter 13 verse 35 which is this is the way that you will know that they are my disciples. Not by what you preach, not the good talk that you talk, and not by some emblem. It's by the quality of love that you possess for one another. That's how the world is going to be able to tell that you are my disciples. Now look what he says in the very same chapter. It says, Jesus, knowing the Father, had given all things into his hand. He had come that he had come from God and was going to God he said the father gave all things into Jesus's hand the very next thing he does with the hands that the father gave all things to was wash his disciples feet Woo! he's like look the father gave me everything but he didn't give me everything for status he gave me everything for service and I tell you, God's going to do some amazing things at Christ Uncensored, but it's not for status. Songs are going to come out of this worship team, but it's not for status, it's for service. Thousands of people are going to get saved, but it's not for status, it's for service. And let me tell you, through the thick and thin, 
It's going to get discouraging when you make a decision to serve people. When you make a decision to follow your calling, it's going to get discouraging. I can't tell you how many people have, have started the journey, but somewhere down the line has said, hey, this ain't for me. Matter of fact, every person that has stuck around has one point or another felt, this ain't for me. This ain't for me. So, so, so faithfully serve others. Sometime, one time I was asked, Pastor Rowe, how is it that you're still doing what you're doing, going through the things that you've gone through? How is it that faithful to serving others? Because I made a decision that I was going to be faithful to serve others. Why? Because I'm in fellowship with God. Because I'm, being, I'm following my assignment. And do, during the thick and thin, through the thick and thin, even when it gets discouraging, you made a commitment to faithfully serve others. And, 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 and I want to show you the power that we possess. You want to see what true greatness is? Here's what I believe God is saying to Christ Uncensored. Staten Island is waiting for you to faith, faithfully serve. Come on, church. Staten Island is waiting whew, for you to faithfully serve Staten Island. There are people that need you to get on assignment and, and don't let anything get in the way. But you don't know what they did to me. But you don't know what they said about you. Listen, church people often talk. Can I? I'm 40 years old. I can say certain things, right? Like I could talk. Like people talk about church hurt. I want to write a book on pastor hurt one day. I'm serious. Like if you, like if you know, you faithfully serve others. You want to see what greatness is? Can I show you what greatness is? Marlon, can you come up here for a second? Everybody say, what's up, Marlon? Watch this. I want to show you what greatness is. And I ask his permission to do this. Greatness is seeing Marlon and I together. Some of you are like, I think I know who he's talking about. And some of you are like, what kind of church is this? Marlon has asked me, yo, I respect you because like, no matter what you've gone through during the pandemic, the pandemic, he likes to call it pandemic, he puts a help to it. He says, no matter what you went through, through this pandemic, you, you, you're still here. And things have been said about you, but you're still here. I don't know how you at least I do it. And you know what I told Marlon? I said, because he prepared me for it. He goes, for real? I said, yeah. I said, well, you. Marlon and I were at such odds that the man that stands next to me right now is a man that threatened my life to kill me. And I threatened it right back. We could talk about that today. Because 10 years ago, I married Lisa 
And Lisa is the mother of Marlon's children. And he had such a hatred for me. Bishop was a little kid. And he hears Marlon threaten me. And Bishop runs to the room and cries. And he was like, I'm going to kill you, bro. And I was like, come, come and kill me. I'm going to kill you too. And there was such a hatred in our relationship. You want to you talk about hindrances? Some people would say, you don't belong here. Some people would say, I don't belong here. But in God's kingdom, he says, I've called you to serve faithfully. And today, we stand not as enemies, but as part of the body, as I am part of the body. And today, he's my brother. Today, he's one of my closest friends. Today, he's teaching Bishop Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and striking and my daughter. And to this, like, he'll be like, can we go to Theo Marlin's house? I'll be like, cut that out. That's too much. And today I could look at this man, I could kiss him, and he could kiss me. Come on, give it up for Jesus in this place. Can you stand up on your feet? Yeah, Jesus. God's going to unlock greatness on the inside of you today. It's, it's not the way you think it's going to be. It's not the way you think it's going to be. It's going to be in an unconventional way. People are going to be like, how is it that you can love? How is it that you can forgive? How is it that you don't have triggers? How is it that, man, because you don't understand. I'm fellowship with Jesus. You don't understand. I'm going to remain faithful to my calling. You don't understand that I'm going to be faithful to serving others. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to give a moment of privacy, even for those that are watching in online. If you're in this place, I want to make a call for two kinds of people. The first call, I want to pray for anybody who doesn't know Jesus and wants to be in fellowship with Jesus. And you want to receive Jesus in your life. If that's you in this place, I want to pray for you. And at the count of three, I just want you to lift up your hand. I also want to pray for anybody here who has forgotten what true greatness is and maybe you've bought into the lie or maybe you've kind of created your own subjective view of greatness and God is saying, no, you don't understand my son, my daughter. I want to unlock greatness on the inside of you, but it's not the way you define it. Listen, if you're living a life without faith, you're not living a big enough life. So I want to pray for you. If that's you in this place and if that's you online, at the count of three, would you just lift up your hand? One, Jesus loves you. Two, his mercy is new every morning. If that's you, three, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. For those of us online, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. You can put your hand right back down. Would you say this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, I receive your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for forgiving me for my sins. From this day forth, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. And amen. As the prayer counselors come up forward, can you, can you come up forward? Listen, if you want prayer for God to unlock this greatness on the inside of you, I just want you to come forward as we close out. Close out our time together. We're going to sing this last song. 
and close out in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you that your mercy is on you every morning. We thank you that your peace surpasses all understandings on the inside of you. I pray today, Lord God, that we may have a renewed sense of what fellowship with you is. That we may be faithful to our calling and faithful to serving others, Lord Jesus. Lord, we depart from this place, but never from your presence. And we pray that we may carry, oh God, what we experience here into our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. In Jesus' name we pray.